Hi folks, Jack Spierko here with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life, if times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is November 26, 2014. It's a Wednesday. It's a day before Thanksgiving, so a holiday tradition continues this year. The Thanksgiving special, now this time for 2014. This show's done every year. It's broken into two parts. Part one is me talking a little bit about the year so far and what I'm thankful for and asking you to come by our website, thesurvivalpodcast.com, to episode 1473 this year and talk about what you're thankful for this year uh, and, and, and kind of take that time to reflect about Thanksgiving. The second part of the show is me in my car, my old 2006.5 Jetta Diesel TDI where I did the show for over two years on the road before it became, you know, the survival podcast that you you know today. And uh, I, I liken it back to the fact that every every year during the holiday season, we have some traditions. Some are kind of cool, some are kind of hokey, and some are kind of just what, what they are. And one of our traditions is every year we watch the old cartoon specials, right? So we watch Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, where they end up making toast and popcorn and whatever. And we watch Charlie around Christmas around Christmas time and all. And when you watch those old cartoons, you know, they haven't been digitally remastered and done in Dolby Sound and all. They just play them the way that they always were. And I think there's something that people like about nostalgia. And this show has its roots in a guy with a cheap recorder and a headset building a show on the road, driving between Arlington and Frisco, Texas every morning. And... I don't know that I ever want to redo that show. I've redone other special shows that we do every year. I've done them at better audio quality. Uh, you know, I've redone the Veterans Day show and things like that. And uh, this one just seems like it should be left alone. So the second part of the show, and in just a few minutes we'll, we'll cut into that, you'll hear the audio quality go to crap. You'll hear road noise. You'll hear static. You'll hear a little skip here or whatever, a little tinniness in the mic and what have you. But at the time that I did what you're about to hear, I had only been doing the show, let's see, June, July, August, September, October, five months. So I was about five months into the show. And not even a full five months, more like four and a half, because the first month, June, really didn't count. It was, I didn't start to like the 20th of June, 2008. And as I was starting, you know, by, by that time, I was starting to realize that this show was really going to be something cool. And I wanted to do something different, but I wanted to keep the survivalist theme. So I thought, what if we talked about the real story of Thanksgiving, how things really started out, and how the tradition was handed down throughout uh, America and the colonies, etc. And I knew some things that we take for granted to be true aren't, but I didn't really know the full story. So I did research for about a week, and I dug into everything I could learn about the traditional American holiday that is Thanksgiving, the unique American holiday that is Thanksgiving. You go different places in the world, and they have things like a Christmas, right? But they don't have Thanksgiving. This is unique to us. I guess they do uh, sort of have a Thanksgiving in, in Canada, but I don't know. This is the American If there's an American holiday other than the 4th of July that's an American holiday, it's Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is a cool holiday. I'll tell you why. For men, it's great. Thanksgiving does not require me to put a suit of clothes on that I don't want to wear and go someplace I don't really want to go to. 
I can be myself. You stuff your face with a bunch of food, watch football, drink some wine or some beer, and hang out with the family, and everybody's cool with that being the whole thing. That's what I love about Thanksgiving. It's one of the many things that I love about Thanksgiving. As a cook, you know, and yesterday's show was all about cooking uh, with Chef Keith Snow. I love Thanksgiving because I get to share what I consider one of my talents, which is being a good cook, with my family and friends. So I, I love that too. But I do like that it's the beginning of a time of year where I begin to kind of wind down. And this year I need it, guys. I have felt like I've been running and gunning all year long. This year has been kind of spectacular in the amount of things that we've done. But I'm going to stop doing additional things you know, at this point and focus on the things that we've got going. We've got AgriTrue going as a, as, a, as a legitimate thing now. We've got Permaethos going. We've got a lot of work to do with that. Uh, I know there's some things that maybe we could be doing better there, and we're working on doing those things better. So just so you know that, the entire PDC will be released before the end of the year, as we promised. You'll start to see the number of the classes, those that are taking that class release per week, go up right away now. Um, so that's all kind of been put to bed at this point, and it's time to start really figuring out what we're going to plant next year on that farm. We've got a pretty good plan for that. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, its thing, its own thing at this point. And, uh, we know we've, we've launched Gen Forward. Uh, that was crazy, honestly, to do it this time of year, uh, this year. But it was like Neil and I sat down and thought, like, if it's ever going to happen, it's got to be now. So we did that. You know, that's like 45% funded now, and it's, it's going to happen. So that's a big deal. Um, so I'm grateful for all of the things that I got done this year. You know, um, it, it's just an amazing story, really, if you look at everything we've been able to do this year. We're now officially a farm. Uh, if you go to ninemile.farm, you'll see our little farm website, and Dorothy's going to start selling her eggs and all. And that's that's a big deal for me because she's wanted something of her own, and that really can be something of her own. And we've got a pretty good plan there, and, and that gives her something that she can feel like she owns. And I think people need that in their lives, so I'm grateful that I'm, for that. I'm grateful for my family. Uh, and I've got big news from the Spearco household this year. Uh, my son, uh, a couple days ago, officially proposed to his soon-to-be wife, Tiffany. Uh, so instead of just being Grandpa Jack in spirit, I guess I'll be J Grandpa Jack in, in, in true uh, legal marital lineage sense to, uh, to my grandson uh, as, you know, as they actually get married. So that's a big deal, a big step for him. Uh, to be doing that. So the family's expanded officially. Uh, that's a big thing. And they'll be with us for Thanksgiving. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for everything that's, that, that's gone on. We, you know, ran two TSP events this year, one in the spring, one in the fall. They went off wonderfully, even though it rained and got muddy. Uh, and the fall festival went well, uh, with Perma Ethos. That was great. It's always great to have you guys here with me and, and, and be able to actually get that many people together uh, under never the best environmental conditions and actually make everybody happy and everybody leave with a full belly and a full mind and, and feeling like they have new kindred spirits uh, that they can they can have long-term relationships with and develop community with. That, that was amazing. And this last one this fall I think might have been probably the best one we ever did. I, I can't tell you exactly what made it click the way that it did, but I think really part of it is we've really learned what we're doing now. We know how to do the events well. We know how to make sure that everybody gets you know all the things that they expect. We've gone out of our way to make the menus a little bit more varied for people. When you feed people, they feel well. Uh, so it's just been a great year. It's been a great year. And I thank all of you for being uh, part of it with me. Um, 
There's been some people that have been upset with me this year over some of the things that I've said, uh, especially politically. And uh, those of you that are still here, I guess, you know, you, you got past it or maybe you came to find some truth in it. Uh, but I'll continue to bring you some hard-hitting issues like that that make you think and make you challenge whatever side of the dichotomy that you, uh, you you've just decided to cling to. But but the reality is that there's you know there's no more time for that this week as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I actually had an article that I was working on that I accidentally hit publish on and didn't realize it, and it tr triggered my email system, and it's about the Obama uh, executive order on illegal immigration. I've, I've taken it down. I left up a little note for a while because the email system sent it to everybody. Like 20,000 people on my email list got this email. And I was getting all these emails saying it was a dead link, so I, I put up this thing, and I took it down, and I'm working on it, and I'm not going to put it up this week. It was never supposed to go up this week. It's going to go up Monday or Tuesday next week. Uh, all massaged out, fact-checked, etc. So I, I don't even want to talk about politics today or for the rest of this week, and I'm going to advise that you don't either. You know, your family is about to start, you know, coalescing around a, a meal, and this is not the time to try to convert Uncle Joe into a Republican or Uncle Tom into a Democrat. It's not going to happen anyway, and it's going to result in a fight. You know, leave all that stuff go, and let a lot of stuff go. I mean, what I'm really thankful for is that I've learned how to do that. I've learned there's certain times to just say, you know what? This is about family, or this is about whatever this is going to be about, and I'm just going to let it go. So I'm actually recording this, this introduction for you on the 25th, and I'm going to publish it as soon as I'm done. I'm going to bolt in the old episode. You know, There's no commercialism of this show. This is just a straight holiday show. And then I'm going to publish that with some very brief show notes, and then I am going to check my email one last time, And then other than just some basic cleaning out of the email box, I'm not going to do anything except be with my family between now and Monday. And I'm grateful that I can do that. I know not all of you can do that. I know some people have to even work on Thanksgiving Day, which I think is, is, is terrible that you have to do that, by the way. Uh, but it's you know there was times in my life when I had to. Uh, but I'm going to shut down, and I'm grateful that I've, I've been able to build a lifestyle where I can actually take certain times of my life and go, I'm just going to... Do this. I'm going to not work. Because what you find is when you build your own business and you're an entrepreneur, and people think it'll all be great, I can just go away and go fishing for two weeks at a time. Since you're the one that does everything, you actually work more, not less. And the flexibility that's in there, you could set it up to do it, is great. But in the end, you end up so dedicated to what you do that some of the reasons you've done it, sometimes you, you, you let fall to the side of it. You don't spend as much time with family as you should. So having certain rules, and so for me, the Thanksgiving shutdown is a rule. And then I shut down again on, on the 23rd of December. I published an episode. It will be the last episode of the year, and then I'm done. Uh, the, the, I usually publish the Christmas episode on the 24th, on Christmas Eve. And some community members have made this episode and that episode kind of a family tradition, especially because you can get a written transcript of, of, the, of the shows, the original versions of the shows. And you can actually read it in your own household and learn about Christmas and learn about Thanksgiving uh, and, and how they became what they are in America. Uh, but I published that show actually on the 23rd because of the time delay wonder that is you know WordPress, and then that show goes out the next day. I'm done then too, and I go from the 23rd to the 1st, I'm done. And if I could give you one piece of advice is to have certain periods, whether it's vacation days, personal days, shutdowns, whatever it is, that you just say, I'm not going to do that for a while. I'm going to take a break. 
And I'm very grateful that I have people that make me want to do that. That's another thing that I'm grateful for. So there's a lot to be thankful for this year. And I'm thankful for this audience that continues to share the message of the Survival Podcast. I'm grateful for all of you that email me and say the following. I love what you do, but I don't agree with everything that you say, and you still listen. That's, that's what I, I really love about this audience, that most of the people in it anyway can be can hear something they don't agree with and go, well, I take all the other stuff, and I'm, I'm fine with the fact that we're not going to agree all the time because, well, that means that you, you think for yourself. Uh, we are over 100,000 strong now in the TSP Nation. That's something to be thankful for beyond words. I'm thankful that I've been able to help so many people start their own businesses, their own blogs, their own podcasts. Some people by directly helping them, some people by springboarding them, and some people just by inspiring them and saying, hey, you can do it. And, and that I get emails from people that say, because of you, I did this, and look what I'm doing now. And I'm like, that is just so awesome. So I'm grateful to all of you. I'm grateful in spite of the fact that I wail on the political system and the dichotomy in this nation, I am grateful that I live in a nation like the United States of America, and I'm grateful that there is a spirit that is the American spirit that is not about politicians and greed and bribes, and it's not even about a constitution or a declaration of independence. It's about an idea. See, that's what America really is. America is an idea. America is not a country uh, in of itself. It's not a place with borders and laws, etc. It is an idea that created a place with those things. But the idea is universal. The American ideal, not not political American exceptionalism, the American ideal that all men really are created equal Equal in the way that they should be treated with each other. Not equal in ability, but equal in opportunity. And that each person should be able to pursue their dream to any level that they want it to be. And should not be interfered with until the point they interfere with somebody else. That's truly the American dream, the American ideal. We may not be living up to it, but the ideal is still here and it won't go away and it never will. And as long as there are those that believe in personal liberty, individual liberty, personal independence, self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and building strong communities through voluntary association, that dream will never die. And as long as the dream never dies, it can still come true. I believe that, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful that this community that surrounds me believes it too. And with that, I want to dial back the clock. This time, six years. November 2008, in the car. The audio quality is going to go down. You're now watching the old Peanuts cartoon. But there's something special about it. I just don't think we should change it. Here you go. First of all, the traditional view is in 1621, a bunch of pilgrims got together with a bunch of Indians and had a great big feast. They had turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes. Alright? Uh, all the pilgrims were dressed in black and white and had big buckles on. It's not that far off. Here's the problems with it. One, they didn't have mashed potatoes. They didn't grow potatoes in the northern colonies that first year. Number two. They didn't have buckles. You know, all those pilgrims, little kids, buckles, they, the buckles didn't get in fashion until the 1700s. No buckles. They were wearing black and white because they had the feast on a Sunday. And the pilgrims wore black and white on Sundays. It was formal attire. They did not always run around in black and white while they were working in the fields and hunting and, and fishing and farming. It's a myth. 
Uh, women mostly wore colors like reds, greens, and tans. The men wore colors like tans, grays, greens, tweeds, beiges. Uh, so they weren't always running around in big top hats with buckles on and gators and things like that. Okay, So that, that's a myth, not a big myth. Um, turkey they probably had. Uh, the the original recorded journal entry of Thanksgiving says they shot as much fowl as they could. That would probably be a lot of ducks and geese that time in New England. Another belief is that they had this holiday uh, the third uh, third week of uh, November. They did not. Uh, it was somewhere between the end of September and beginning of October that they had the original Thanksgiving. If you've ever been to New England, you will know why. Now, here's the big myth. that They had this first Thanksgiving feast, and it immediately became a tradition, an original American tradition. And that every year thereafter, they continued to have this holiday. And that as the United States evolved and grew, wherever Americans went, wherever colonists went, the, th- the holiday went with them. It's not how it happened at all. You see, they didn't even have the feast the second year. It didn't happen a second year because the colony was ravaged with a lot of problems and diseases and crop failures. And other colonists came and those other colonists didn't immediately pick up the holiday, but over time as people began to settle the United States primarily initially in the northeastern United States and the Virginia colony which ran from like the Hudson River area of New York down to what is Virginia that whole thing was called Virginia Company and uh, as that started to spread and what I mean by spread is as the people started to spread out, start to set up actual permanent places to live, building farms, starting to uh, to live normal lives, at least for the period and the time, the tradition of Thanksgiving, going back to that original meal, began to be created. And people began to sit down at the end of the harvest season, and sometimes there was some formality in certain regions and certain areas to, we're going to do it on this day, or we're going to do it on that day. Um, but there was no official holiday, and there certainly was no colony-wide holiday. It was just something people did. And they did call, tell stories, and that's how the whole tradition of the, the original Pilgrims and Indians Thanksgiving uh, got kept. It, got, it, it became part of history, because people did tell that story by word of mouth. And they would sit down at the end once they had, they had you know, put everything away for the year and finished making their winter preparations. And what does that remind you of? The Ant and the Grasshopper? Modern survivalism? That's exactly what it was, folks. That's exactly what Thanksgiving was in its origination. People would get ready for winter. They worked hard all spring. They worked hard all summer. They worked hard in the beginning of the fall. They put everything down in the root cellar. They did everything they possibly could. They went hunting. They went fishing. They stacked up the meat in the ladder. They did everything they could to get ready because they knew, especially if you've ever experienced a winter in Connecticut or New Jersey or Massachusetts or Vermont or New Hampshire or Maine or upstate New York, then you understand what they were getting ready for. Brutal cold, short days. They didn't have greenhouses, folks. No ability to grow anything. And even the game would get scarce by about December because it would be hard to find. Because it would go hole up somewhere to keep warm itself. And it would have to travel long distances. It wouldn't congregate anymore. So it would be hard to even go out and harvest anything at that point. Besides, it was too damn cold. So hopefully they had enough wood chopped. They had enough food put in the larder. They had enough food in the, in the root cellar. 
And remember, they didn't have refrigerators, freezers, electricity. But when they got everything as done as they could, they sat back, they came together, and they had a great big meal. I want you to think about something that most people will never, ever think about today. What they had done is put away enough that they hoped would be enough. And often people were quite hungry by the time the first days of spring started to come around. Sometimes a winter could go longer. It would be later in the season before you could plant crops. Sometimes you'd start your crops, and you know what would happen, folks? A late frost would come in and, and it's put you back three, four, five weeks. This is a long time to go without food. So you would think that after they put all this food away, they would immediately begin rationing their food. This is how much we have today. This is how much we have tomorrow. We have to plan for the future. People that put that much planning and effort into preparing for winter, you would think that's what they would do. And, folks, it's the way they lived 99% of the time, except for Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, they covered the table with food. And it was at times it was a three-day event, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and you went to church on Sunday. And they would have relatives and friends, and, and anybody that didn't have a, a real close family to go be with would be invited into the home if they were a family friend. And food would be shared, and people would eat just like we do today until they couldn't move. And you know what that was? It was a Thanksgiving. It was also a reassurance that we're going to be okay. We've been good ants. We've worked hard enough. We're going to make it through the winter. We will be here to still to see spring. It's okay to enjoy the fruits of our labor and our efforts. It's okay to share with others. It's okay to be grateful for all that we have. It will be enough. I sure wish that instead of just teaching our children in school about the Indians and the pilgrims and the fake buckles, that maybe a little bit more of that was going into our education system. A little bit more of an understanding that when people 200 years ago, 300 years ago, sat around a table and ate that much food and shared with that many people at one time, that it wasn't like today where if you needed more food you went to Kroger or you went to Publix, or you went to Winn-Dixie. They're even still in business, I'm not sure. Albertsons or whoever. There wasn't anything like that. In many of the colonies, there wasn't even a lot of stores around of any kind or shape. You know, it would be you have to get on a horse and ride for a day just to pick up a couple sacks of grain for some extra provisions to make it through. And what if you had to do that in the winter because you ran out in the winter and the snow drifts were six feet high? That's how it was. We were still in the tail end of the little ice age, folks, during the 17 and 1800s. Early 1800s were cold, long, cold winters, colder than you can imagine. But they had a feast. They had a feast. And the main purpose of the feast, besides being thankful, was to reassure the family, to reassure everybody, we're going to make it through winter. We're going to see spring. It's an amazingly optimistic view of a holiday that many people that would like to go back and rewrite history have tried to tear down. Let me tell you a little bit more about Thanksgiving and why we should be thankful that there is a Thanksgiving today. The first official declaration of Thanksgiving was by George Washington in 1789, but it was not made a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln did it in the middle of the Civil War. He was looking for a way to unify the nation, so he officially said, a date of the third Thursday in November is Thanksgiving Day. 
after the Civil War was over, Thanksgiving was largely not celebrated in the entire southern United States. It was viewed as a damn Yankee holiday. And it was only over time as people began to relocate and the wounds between the states began to heal that the people of the South were willing to accept the holiday as an American holiday instead of a northern holiday. Somebody tried to monkey with our holiday. His name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And I'm sorry, I think I said that Lincoln set the holiday for the third Thursday in November. It was the fourth Thursday in November, which it is today. If I made that mistake, I'm sorry. But it was Roosevelt who then moved it from the fourth Thursday to the third Thursday. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody mess with tradition? What does everybody do on Friday after Thanksgiving? They go shopping. Like to believe that it was different during the Great Depression? It wasn't. People went shopping on Black Friday during the Great Depression. So Roosevelt thought if he moved Thanksgiving back a week, it would add one week to the Christmas shopping season and help spur the economy. Eventually people got pissed off and uh, complained about it. and It got moved back where it is today, the fourth Thursday. That's how it became uh, that day, and that's how it was put back on that day, and that's how it's been ever since. And I think one of the things we really need to understand about the spread of Thanksgiving through the United States is how it was commensurate with healing of the wounds between the states from the Civil War. And I think if you're ten years younger than me, you know, maybe my generation was the last to really see it for what it was. And I'm glad that it's gone and I'm glad that it's dead, but I think we need to remember it so that we understand what a great nation we've actually formed today. Because sometimes I get real hard on our government. And I'll continue to do it, folks. You'll you'll tune back in. You'll hear me tearing up a senator or the president or a chief justice for stepping on our Constitution. But overall, we have a pretty great country. And what I remember... When I was a child, very young child, I'm talking kindergarten, first, second grade, and I moved from Pennsylvania to Florida with my family, my grandfather and his friends in Pennsylvania would always tell me, you're down there with them damn rebels. And the kids that I went to school with would sometimes call me a damn Yankee until I picked up that Florida accent. And... It wasn't like it is today. I hear people call Yankees, people Yankees today. And generally when you hear somebody call somebody a damn Yankee today, it's it's because you're, you're putting them down for being a big government tax and spend liberal from Massachusetts or something like that. Or it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a Texas joke. Well, Yankees, where do they come from? They come from Oklahoma. Anything north of the Red River, you know, that's the Mason-Dixon line in our opinion. But there's a joke and there's a joviality to it. I saw the last vestiges of the true animosity that was held over by my grandfather's generation and the generation before him that handed it down. I saw that. I saw it for what it was. You know, and I saw at the same time the last vestiges of true racism in this country where we were busing students for integration purposes and things like that. There was resistance to it and all these other things. It was the tail end. It was the late 70s, early 80s. And that stuff's gone and behind us now. But a lot of that healing, a lot of that unifying, went right along with the spread of Thanksgiving as it slowly made its way through the United States. What I'm saying to you folks is in 1880, if you lived in South Georgia, you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. You didn't even notice. You didn't even care. If you had a kid in college up north, 
if you write you a letter about it, you, you were like, yeah, you're with that damn Yankee holiday. And today, Thanksgiving is celebrated in all 50 states. And it's one of the first American traditions that's uniquely American that legal immigrants, and even illegal immigrants, let me be fair, that come to our country adopt as one of their own. It is one of the most unifying things in America. And it's why I get disgusted when people try to tear it down. And on Thanksgiving Day, we should not just get together and eat food and be thankful for the bounty in front of us. We should think of the other things that we're thankful for. So I ask you to pause today and just think, what are you thankful for? As you continue to prepare for the unknown future, try to make your life better, whether it gets bad or it doesn't. Living the show free as you, as you continue to be an ant like those brave people before us that were preppers and survivalists and didn't even know that that's what it was called. It was just living back then. Think about all the things that make your life easier. The fact that you can turn a switch and a light bulb will come on. The fact that if you're cold, there's a little box on your wall that you can turn up, and if you're hot, you can turn it down. It will change the temperature of your home. The fact that a person like me is free to get on the Internet and blast his government, and sometimes support it, and no one shows up at my house to take me away. That you're free to listen to it and no one shows up at your house and takes you away. That you're free to go any church, temple, or synagogue that you want to worship God as your choice. Or you're free to not. The freedom to do so and the freedom to not do so is something that long ago became uniquely American. It's prevalent in many places in the world today. But people often think of the Puritans and the pilgrims being deeply religious. And they held their own community to deep religious standards, but they didn't try to force that onto other communities. They really didn't. It's a misnomer. They did try to spread it among the Indians, and that didn't work out real good. But, you know, nobody's perfect. Think about how grateful you should be that you can walk up to a police officer in this nation and ask for help and get it. Because there's places where people so fear their police, they would never go to a police officer for help. Think about how grateful you are that despite the fact that our education system needs a massive overhaul, at least everybody learns how to read that wants to in this country. And that's true. No matter how bad you want to put down the education system, any kid that goes to our schools, any of them, even the crappiest one that wants to learn to read, to write, and do basic math, they'll come out with that education. There's places in the world where you can't buy that education. Be grateful for all that we have. And just remember that unique part of Thanksgiving that no one ever talks about that I talked to you earlier. Just remember that when people 200 years ago sat down to a massive banquet, it wasn't just patting themselves on the back. It wasn't just being thankful. It was, we know winter's almost here. We know that the last days that the sun really is warm on our faces are almost over for a while. We know that we're going to go into a darkness. We know that we're going to go into a time where there's not very much. But we also are going to feast. And we're not going to ration today or tomorrow or the next day. We're going to feast for three days because we know we'll see spring. And folks, there could be no better time than to think of that than today. Because today, our nation is headed for some very tough times. Our government has pumped $7 trillion of phony money into our economy. They've done it. There's no way to pull it back now. It's already happened. 
Right now we're seeing prices come down. Prices on everything will go up. They have to. You can't put $7 trillion into an economy without devaluing money. can't be done. We're going to go through some dark times. But even while you're prepping, even while you're saving, even while you're preparing, I want you to stop, not just on Thanksgiving, but every once in a while, I want you to stop. I want you to gather around your family, your friends, people that don't have other people. I want you to sit down and I want you to feast. It doesn't always have to be with food. Sometimes it can be with words. Sometimes it can be with activities. But every once in a while, I want you, I want you to just splurge on yourself with emotion and even money and certainly with food and just enjoy it and make it something special and make it part of remembering that even though you have to be smart about how you spend you have to be smart about how you store you have to be smart about how you work how you save that every once in a while you need to remind yourself that spring will come and that you're going to be there to see it that's really all I have for you today this has been Jack Spirico with a Thanksgiving edition of the Survival Podcast. Hoping that I've helped you figure out today how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, because it all gets spent.